Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Um, So, my name is Lola Day, and like I said at the beginning, this is the Gap Church, and we are in a new series called Productivity. So I'm going to be as fast as I can, 15 minutes tops, and I'll be able to see all of this. Um, so we're in a new topic called productivity. And um, Emeka did a great job starting the series last week, Sunday. Can we give it up for Emeka, please? Thank you. And he actually gave me a little bit of idea of what exactly I'm going to preach about. And today, I know. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right. So, um, and today, uh, we're get, um, I subtitled it Doing the Kingdom Work. Doing the Kingdom Work. And we, as we all know, our anchor text is 2 Peter 1 3 to 11. 2 Peter 1 3 to 11. But before we read it, I want to give us a little background on why the book 2 Peter, what the whole idea about, why did Peter write? that to the Christians. And I did a little research and I realized that before um, Second Peter, before Second Peter, everything that Peter wrote from First Peter and everything in First Peter was an encouragement. Was a way to um, was a way to comfort the Christians. Was a way to, you know, rub off, rub our heads and things like that. And I realized the second Peter, Peter wrote it as a warning. Peter realized that between first and second Peter, there was a three-year gap, three years. And Peter realized that he needed to not only encourage us, but to give us a warning about the future. His time was kind of already almost up, and he knew that he was going to die soon. But he knew that he had to give us a warning about the future. And so second Peter generally, is, it's a warning. It's a warning not about external attack, but about internal attack. It's a warning about things that happened inside the Christian dome. It, it said it's about two types of attack, compl- um, complacency and heresy. And the first part of Second Peter 1 talked about the kingdom work. Then Second Peter, talk, um, the second chapter talked about false prophets. And the third chapter, like, kind of like the reason why we do all of this in the first place. And today we're dwelling on Second Peter 1, 3 to 11. So let us, we can all just read it together or I will quickly go through it. Um, 2 Peter 3, 1 to 11. I'm actually very focused on a particular part, so we'll stop there. I can't see that, so I'm just going to open this. So I have the New King James Version here, actually. So 2 Peter 1, 3 to 11. 3 says, as his divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through this you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust five but also for this very reason giving all diligence add to your faith virtue to your virtue knowledge to your knowledge self-control to self-control perseverance to perseverance godliness i'm going to stop there because today I'm focusing on two, two things, self-control and perseverance. Last week, Emeka touched on um, faith, diligence, faith, knowledge. So I'll pick up from self-control and perseverance. But before we go into that, I wanted to give a, a little definition of productivity. When we hear productivity, when we hear productive, what does it mean? And productive means to be fruitful. 
Productive means to do a lot of work, but not only to do a lot of work, but to get significant results. So there's one thing to be busy, and there's one thing to be busy doing nothing. And so productivity means you're busy, and there's a result and evidence of, of the busyness or an evidence of the hard work. You cannot say you're productive without an evidence. The evidence speaks for the work that you have done. And some of us, like I said, we are doing nothing, but we are busy. We think we are so in the right place. It's so funny because this morning, this example came into my mind. Some of us are working in a company that we, don't, we are not part of. And so your results, you might be working, there's results, but you can't, you can't take the credit because you're not even part of the system. You're not recognized as part of the system. We'll come back to that. And so today, we're going to talk about the antidote for stagnancy and short-sightedness. Like I said, um, Peter wrote this, this second um, chapter just to warn us against the internet uh, enemy, which is complacency and heresy. And basically, the whole idea of productivity is that you are growing. And that means you're growing in the faith. So if you're not growing in the faith, that means that you are stagnant. I have a picture of a stagnant water. I don't know if they can pull it up for me. And some of us are actually like this in the kingdom of God. We are, are stagnant. And because we're stagnant, different things are on it. I don't know if you can see that picture that is right in front of you. Stagnant water breeds flies. Stagnant water smells. At a point, different things start to grow on it. Water, parasite, and all of that biological stuff. And some of us are kind of like this in the kingdom work. Whereby different, in, in, less important organisms are growing on us. We become smelling and stinking. Like Emeka um, said last week, some of us, our minds are so dirty, the Holy Spirit cannot stay in it. So when you start to smell to the Spirit of God, you start to smell in the kingdom of God. There is no how the evidence or even the hard work can come close to you. There is no how you are productive. Can I show the next picture? Can you go to the next picture, please? And then some of us are like this, a flowing water. We are sourced to the kingdom. We are the ones that are adding to the kingdom. Like, let's, let's just imagine there's a big pool of water. We are the ones pouring into that water to keep it flowing. So where do you want to stand? Today we're, to, we're trying to teach ourselves, because I'm also learning, we're trying to teach ourselves how to be that flowing water, whereby we are pouring into the kingdom, not just staying in one place disconnected. One of the antidotes of stagnancy, um, we're going to read Revelation 3, 15 to 16. Revelation 3, 15 to 16. So, Revelation 3, 15 to 16. And it says, I know your works, but you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, so then, because you're lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. When, when you're doing the kingdom work, you are either moving or you are going back. You cannot decide to be a stagnant water. You become disgusting, and he said he will spill you out of his mouth because you start breeding insects and things like that. So it's, it, you have to either be hot or cold. You have, you have to either be moving or going back. There is no, there is no um, avenue to be stagnant. 
well, one of the things that Peter um, said is that we should keep growing and be productive. And one of the ways we can be productive is self-control and perseverance. What is self-control? Self-control is discipline. Self-control is the control of self. And not just yourself, but anything that exalts his name, exalts itself above the kingdom work. Those are the things we need to put in under control. Self-control is also the ability to hold your tongue. The, um, Proverbs 13.3 is the ability to hold your tongue, know when to talk. Sometimes when we think control, self-control, we think we're putting control sin. No, you're also putting under your control your emotions. You're also putting under control your tongue. You're also putting under control how you react. Or under control what, how, things, how things get to you. How do you react when things get to you? You want to be productive in the work of God. You want to be productive in the kingdom work. You want to move forward in the kingdom work. You cannot be reactive. The, the, it's I, so funny because I, I watched a movie and uh, this lady, she had, she had some, so many issues, like personal things were going wrong with her and some church members knew. And then she went to church and then they started going away from her. Some people started treating her badly with stigma and things like that. And her friend called and like, why do you still go to that church? Change church. And she said, if my boss do this to me at work, would I change the job? But most of us are easily, easily want to change the church. But we are like, it's my boss. You just have to take it and, you know, move. But most of us, in the moment something happens to us while we are doing the kingdom work, we are quick to react. We are quick to say, oh, he's in the church. Or that's what they do in that church. We are the ones that pass that rumor. We are the ones that that um, we are the ones that is, is the first to let everybody know that there's something negative going on there. You cannot say you're doing the kingdom, or kingdom work and be reactive. And when I talk about kingdom work, I don't mean you are coming to church. I mean you're serving in church. It means this morning, um, Agosa said something. He said the 1% makes the 100% complete. It means you're part of that 1%. It means you're part of that 10%. That's what I mean by kingdom work. When you come to church, you just don't sit. You're part of the growth and the movement of the work of God. When it says, as the kingdom come in heaven, so it shall be on earth. You think there's some angels that just sit? So you cannot say that we are bringing the kingdom of God here if you're just in church. Oh, I don't want people to know me. Oh, I, um, I like, my life is private. We don't want to know what's going on with your life. We really don't. Whatever you're doing... It's for yourself. I remember, um, just to digress a bit, I remember when pastor was teaching about tithes, and then most people say, oh, we're giving the tithe to the pastor. The tithe is for yourself, not for any pastor. When the money leaves you, whatever they want to do with it is your business. But then you're doing it for yourself. It's, the Bible says that, he said, when you pay your tithe, when you do this, he said, just watch me as I open the windows of heaven and bless you. He didn't say, I'll bless the pastor. He didn't say, I'll bless the church. So when we are doing the kingdom work, you're doing it for yourself, not for anybody. When it says, it says you are growing in the kingdom work, that means you are being productive, not the church. You are the one growing. So when we say self-control, it's very important that we are controlling things that control, the things that want to control us. And I'm not even talking about sin here. I'm talking about yourself. I'm talking about the things that you think are important, that is required. Some of us, we, we, if we don't get our outfit right, and I'm talking to myself too, because this outfit has been in my mind since Tuesday. So, <laughs> 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 well, 
But some of us, if we don't get our outfit right, we can decide not to come to church. That day, we're an online member. It, it, it might seem like, you might just be like, oh, it's not a big deal. I, I do my closet with like a thousand clothes in your closet. I really don't have anything to wear, so I'll just join them online. Or oh, it's really, it's raining outside, so I'm just going to join them online. And we forget that that person is the 1% that makes the 100% complete. So the thing, self-control is not only the physical things, it's also our mind. One thing we need to put under control is our mind. We, we are here. It makes us say this morning. It says, ex, we said, except you connect from your heart. That's when he will bless you. Most of us were here, but we are not here. We've thought about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, next Sunday. What you are, You've sat down here and thought about all of that. What you eat after church today. Where you go. And then you forget that you cannot, you, you have to connect to receive you have to connect to hear from God. God is not going to scream at you, scream at your eyes so that you pay attention. Self-control is putting, managing our desires, managing our actions, like I said. Managing the things that, that we, we term, quote-unquote, the things we desire. Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it says every other thing, the desires, the thoughts, the everything will be added to it. But it's important that we seek first the kingdom. And I'm not saying come to church alone, but seeking actively the kingdom work. Seeking to grow the work of God. Be that, that, that water that is going and adding to more water, not the stagnant water that is staying in one direction. Staying in one place and stinking up the entire place. Some of us, when we come to church, is when things don't work right. Because we come and we, uh, I only know this in Yoruba, but we come... <laughs> And we, we just mess up the entire thing. Our hearts are so dis- disconnected that it affects the entire group. It will become that weak link. How can you put self under control, abiding in him? There's some things that we cannot do by ourselves. If it's a, it becomes an addiction problem, it becomes something that you, you maybe when growing up, you grew up in an old boy's home and you just know how to fight. And then you've grown up like that, and then you're in the work of God, and you're doing the kingdom work. But because you have that, that issue from childhood that you, must, you know how to fight, because you fight for everything you get, you think you can do the same thing in the house of God. And so those kind of things are things that if it's grown with you as you've grown in, in blood, in water, in muscle, everything. It's grown with you as well. At that point, you need God. You need to abide in him. We need to be able to abide in, we need to allow God to also abide in us because there's one thing to abide in him, but he also has to abide in us. Because that's the only way the connection can work. He says, I will come and I will knock, except you open the door. I'm not going to force my way in. He said, God wants to produce his character in us, but to do so, he demands our discipline and effort. When, when, when we abide in God and when he abides in us, he starts to do work in us. He starts to take away the fields little by little. He starts to take them out. It's not a day's job. It's not magic. But it takes discipline. It takes discipline. You know, when Peter was talking about it, he was trying to make the believers understand that salvation is not based on our good works. Yeah. 
But some people have made us realize that, okay, because you don't have to do anything to be saved, because you don't have anything for salvation to, to, um, to be yours, that's how you should live. But your hard work will back the claim that you're chosen by God. Your hard work will back the claim that you are working for God. Because you cannot say you are saved, you've given your life to Christ and you're here. And you're not moving forward. And if you are not moving, if you are warm, it's going to spit you out. So it's very important that we realize that because you're saved and because you didn't have to work for salvation, doesn't mean you don't have to work to remain in the fold and continue the kingdom work. The next thing I'm going to quickly go into is perseverance. I know sometimes the ability to control self is, requires perseverance. The ability to actually put yourself under control requires perseverance. Perseverance means the, the, it says the quality of continuing with something even though it's difficult. Perseverance is when someone is poking you at the back and you are still going and the person is trying to catch your attention to make you go back but you're still going forward. We all think that we've been through something in church. If we sit some people down, they will throw a pity party and let us know how the person downstairs said something to you, how the person upstairs. And then you start saying, oh my God, she's been through a lot. You've not been through 10% of what the disciples, I'm not even going to get to Jesus, what the disciples have been through. Now look at what Jesus has been through. So we, we, need to be, we need to remember that the things we think are hard in the house of God, there was someone that has died for you, literally died for you. Nobody killed you. So please, it's very important. Things will, if things don't, I, 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 I'm actually get excited when things happen to me in the house of God because I feel like I'm doing something then. Because if nobody pays me attention, if the devil doesn't try to attack me, it means that I'm not useful. But when you're in the house of God and things poke at you, things, people try to get to you, it means you're doing something. It means somebody saw you do something. So please, it's, it can get crazy. I tell you, I know it can get crazy. And I'm not trying to disvalue the things that you're being through. I just want you to realize that your goal is bigger than where you're coming from. We're doing all of this. If we go to 2 Peter 3, when he talked about it, he said, we're doing this for that goal, which is the kingdom. And when you think about it, we're going to a place that is far better than this place. We're going to a place that, if I see you, I may not even recognize you. So if you offend me before, I can't remember. And we're going to a place that all we do is worship. Did, did we enjoy the last the worship we just did? So imagine doing that 24-7. No time zone. No, even, no CST, EST, DST. And all you do is worship. And you feel the glory of God. And you are bothered about what the person said about your clothes. We need to get a tough skin. That's the only way we can grow. If not, we will move from place to place because there's always that one person that will attack you wherever you go. So we're just going to move from place to place and there's no actual physical evidence, spiritual evidence of your growth and your productivity. Because that's right now, Hebrews 12, 2 to 3. Romans, my time is fast spent, so I'm not going to read that. Romans 2, 7 and James 1, 4. Hebrews 12, 2 to 3. Romans 2, 7. And James 1, 4. You know, sometimes, the, the movie I watched, I just told a short story. Our friend was looking at her like, what you're doing doesn't make sense. There's no how you, you will persevere, and people will not think you're stupid. 
There's no how you, you'll be like, you're not reactive. Like, you need, people shouldn't be doing this to you. You're supposed to be able to tell them this. You're supposed to be able to, by the time you do it, they won't do that again. Oh, you're not stupid. I come to tell you that you're not stupid. You're actually wise. The Bible says anger um, dwells in the house, um, dwells in the heart, or anger lies in the heart of a fool. Are you foolish? No, you're being wise. That's why you're not reactive because you know where you're going. You know the goal. And it's so funny because the same set of people who would stigmatize this lady were the same set of people that were there for her testimony. And so you, you won't say that, okay, because I've been through this, are they just going to go? Don't worry. Don't worry about them. It's between them and their God. Face your God. So self-control and perseverance. When he talked about, he talked about faith, he talked about knowledge. And I'm telling you, you need to be able to put some things under control and be able to persevere through some things to be able to grow. And we're not just here to make you feel excited. I'm not here to make you feel excited. Okay, I cracked some jokes. But I'm not here to make you jump and be like, and no, I'm here to tell you the truth because I'm also telling myself. Because that's why we have all been called. And that's why we're called the called and the chosen. If we go to say First Peter 3, um, um, First Peter 1, 3 to 11, we go down, it says the election and the call, which are the chosen ones. So if you're not the chosen one, that's fine. They were not talking to you. But if you think that you are the chosen one, then we are talking to you. This has to be your day in, day out walk with God. That I wake up in the morning and I think, okay, I want to grow today. What do I have to put under control? I want to grow today. What do I have to turn a blind eye to? Is it a movie that you have to watch and have to finish that episode before you pray? Some of us, we set a time aside to pray to God. We set a time aside for, self, um, for spiritual growth when we study our Bible. But that episode is going into that time. And you have to finish that episode so that tomorrow you continue the next episode because you can't cut it into half. Like the movie is going somewhere. So please, please, it's important that everything that has been said here and will be said here, apply because these things, it's not a curse, will stand on judgment day that you've been told. It's better that you've not heard. But the fact that you've heard is going to stand and be like, but they told you. Measure your productivity. That's the last thing I'm going to say. Or well, second to the last. Measure your productivity. Yesterday, um, uh, we had a girls' program, and the one thing they said was set your goals. And I said, you can't have goals. You can't know that you've accomplished your goals without measuring them. Because goals have to be specific. So measure your productivity. Think about it. 20, 2020, where was I? 2021 is here. Where am I going? When I get there, how do I know I've gotten there? And you want to be productive, stir up the gifts inside of you. The gifts are the tools that you've been given to be productive. Stir up the gifts inside of you. Stir up the gifts inside of you. And before we pray, because I have a specific prayer point, before we pray, like I said at the beginning, there are some people who are working for companies they are not a part of. And so they are not recorded in the system as I know this person. This person is doing this work. So there's a measurement, there's a profit, and all of that that has to be done in the company. They are not in the system. And some of us that are here that we, some of us are actually doing God's kingdom work, but we're not in the system. You, there's no how you can do the work of somebody you do not know about. There you want, there's nobody here that does not know the head of the company they work with. 
You might not know it personally, but you know them. So it's very important. And the good thing about this kingdom that we work for is that the, the CEO is ready to know you as much as you should be ready to know him. And so there's some of us here, you might be part of the company, but you're not part of the system. You're not in the system. Your name is not there. Your name is not in the book of life. I know we hear we heard this a lot, but that's the truth. There is a book. And your name has to be there to qualify. So if there's anyone here and you know that you think you're doing the work, but you're not in the system. And we don't know. Jesus might come tomorrow. He might come in the next one hour. He might come in the next one minute. He said he'll come like a thief in the night. Thieves don't send us notes before they come. So it's going to come when we do not expect it. Some of us still think about, think about, oh, I'm going to, you know, change job in like two years. And we have a whole list. I, I, I stopped doing that. Now I take the day as it come. Because we don't know if it will be tomorrow. So please, if you're thinking, oh, well, today, maybe tomorrow or next week, I can just, whoever is preaching next week, maybe I'll do it. We don't know if there will be a next week. So if you're here and you've not given your life to Christ, if you're here and you don't know the CEO of the kingdom that you're working for, there's enough venue now to know him. So please, let's just bow our heads. If you know in your heart or heart, that you do not know this person you're working for. You want to know him and you want to be productive. You don't want to be like a stagnant water that stinks. So you're going to talk to him. See, one good thing about the CEO is that he listens. Like you don't have to go write a fill a form. Just speak to him and say, God, I want to know you. God, I want to know you. God, I want you to search my heart. I want to know the CEO I work for. I'm going to give you a few more minutes. Just tell God. Like, yeah, maybe some of us here that we've known him. We used to talk to him so much. He used to hear us. We used to hear him. And then all of a sudden, it feels like there's a disconnection. Maybe we fired ourselves. Or we wrote a resignation letter ourselves and we walked away. And God is saying, I want to make you productive. I want to make you productive. And if you pray that prayer, if you can raise up your hand, please do. If well, we should be able to because the, Lord, the Bible says that if you are ashamed of me on earth, I'll be ashamed of you, my father. So if you've prayed that prayer and you know in your heart that you want to give your life to Christ, please raise your hands wherever you are. And if you're online, there's a form that we, there's a, the form that will show right now, a little bar there, and just type saved. And pray that prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I'm here today. I want to be productive. I want to know you not as a, a faraway employee, but as your favorite child. Because I am a king and I am a prince. And I'm a princess and I'm a queen. Father, take my heart and purge it. Take my heart and cleanse it. 
and make me productive for your kingdom. I, I acknowledge that you died for me and you rose again on the third day that I might be saved. Come wash away my sins that I may know you as God. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Let's just give a hand for those who give their lives to Christ. You, I promise you, this is the best company you can work for. The benefits are more than there's health insurance, there's life insurance, there's water insurance. In fact, say a lot. So we're going to pray quickly from Luke 22 verse 31. Luke 22 verse 31. Luke 22 verse 31. And it says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may shift you as wheat. Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may shift you as wheat. There's some of us here who, because of what we do, Satan has gone to ask Jesus, what about that child of yours? What about that daughter? What about that son of yours? Let's poke them a little bit. Like he, like he did for Job. And then one wonderful thing in 32, he says, but I have prayed for you. So now we're going to pray. He said, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. So we're going to pray right now that the Lord, pastors been preaching downstairs about living by faith. We're going to pray right that the Lord will rejuvenate our faith. Because there is no how we escape trials and tribulation. But the Bible says, I will not give you more than you can handle. What can you handle? So right now, let us pray. We can stand on our feet if you want to see it, whichever way. But I want us to realize the weight of this prayer. Because if you think about what happened to Peter after Jesus left. This is someone who knew Jesus, who had a relationship, who saw Jesus physically. And he says that Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you. That he's ready to shoot. You know when you shoot somebody as with <laughs> It's not just poking. But he says, yeah, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail you. So right now, we're going to rejuvenate our faith. And we're going to ask that the Lord will give us what we need to increase our faith in him. He's the only one that knows how best to walk this walk. Let's ask that the Lord will strengthen us. That when those tests and trials will come, that we will not turn back or leave the way. Or we will not, but we will persevere with self-control. And while we are praying that same prayer, we're going to stir up the gift of God in us. And you know one way to stir up the gift is to pray in tongues. And you cannot be productive without the gift. So I want to stir up the gift in us. Many of us have the gift of prophecy. Many of us have the gift of prayer. Many of us have the gift of, of um, knowledge, gift of wisdom. Some people can do this better than I can. But your, your, your gifts have just been lying dormant. Some of us, when we come up here and pray, demons will flee. But our gifts are lying dormant and sleeping asleep. So right now, we're going to stir up the gift in ourselves by speaking in tongues. The Lord did not just call one, two, three, five, ten people. He called everybody. He got everyone who is in the kingdom and gave individual a gift. 
And so you can do what you think you can do. You know your heart of heart that God has given you a gift of healing. But yet, you, you don't see it manifest. You pray even for yourself and nothing happens. And you're thinking, but I thought you said you gave me this gift. We need to stir up that gift in us. Awake that spirit man of ours that is sleeping or that is just waiting for us to call out, call them out. Ask that the Lord will manifest himself in his grace. That he will manifest himself in your life in his grace. Father, we ask that you stir up the gift in us. Awaken our spirit man. Awaken our spirit man. Awaken our spirit man. Awaken our spirit man. Father, Lord, give us that gift of faith. That gift of faith that we believe and that we know that that thing that you have done for us is already done even when we have not seen it. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We give you all the adoration. It's all about you. It's all about you, God. It's all about you, God. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.